With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, guys? Alex Contreras alongside, for the very first time, making his debut in 2021, Anthony Red Garcia Rojo. Welcome back, my guy. Que vuelta, amigo. What's up, guys? Glad to be back. And you know what else? It feels really good to see that the Marlins are 4-1 in spring training. We're kicking butt. We're looking good. Except the last game, you know, it was a pretty sloppy game. The Marlins played the Mets. Villar had that memorable game where he did a double play. He didn't even touch the guy. He hit the home run. And then he hit that three-run bomb, right? I don't know if you were able to check out the highlights, Red, but something caught my attention on, on social media, man. If you the look banging. at the, the banging, what's up with that? Oh, my God. Please think, say it ain't I so. We're just suffering from uh, Astros PTSD on that one. <laughs> In the first inning. As Bjorn cranks one to deep right, forget that. Way up on the berm and beyond. A three-run bomb off the bat of Jonathan Bjorn. Yeah, I mean, it's a spring trading, man. I don't think anybody really has any reason to be, like, cheating or anything like that. Yeah, but and it was, right before, it was right before he released the pitch. The, the pitch. There's no chance that I'll treat you after like that. But y'all eventually had to run into one, though, right? So you nah, revenge game. So, uh, hey, man, tell me. Tell me how you feel. Are you happy with the with the moves the teams have made or the lack of moves the teams have made? Tell, talk to me. In general, uh, how if, you is follow me on, if you're listening to this show, you probably follow me on Twitter. And, and you know, I, like December, I was like, hey, guys, relax. January, I was like, hey, guys, relax. February, I was like, okay, what's going on? How have we done anything? You know, um, and then some trades, some signings. I'm, I'm happy with it um, that we did stuff. I wish we would have gone out and gotten another vet uh, starting pitcher. I know we just signed Gio. But to me, that's like four years too late, five years too late. Um, I don't think he really moves the needle. Is he that much better than our fifth or sixth option out of the in the rotation? Probably not. Um, but he's a vet. He'll eat up innings, you know. He'll get hammered sometimes. He'll have one of those gems every once in a while. So I'm happy with it. But I still feel like we should have gotten a more pronounced bat. And I still feel like we should have upgraded at catcher. Um, I know – Alfaro's killing it right now in spring training. He has the most hits, I believe, on the team right now. But for me, man, I don't know. How do you feel about Alfaro? Man, Alfaro's looking good. He's batting, what, over 500 right now. He looked like he came ready. He's got his stuff together. He's ready to dominate and really take the role, take the lead as a starting catcher. He said so himself. Um, I'm looking forward to, to watching him continue to blossom like – he, he made a, a personal sacrifice this offseason. He didn't go to Columbia to hang out with his family. He just personally stayed back in South Florida to focus on his craft. And damn it, you got to do that, bro. You got to be willing to make these sacrifices sometimes if you want to continue to progress in your career. You know what I'm saying? Um, a, a lot of us can relate to it. You know what I'm saying? Ray can relate to it. I can relate to it. Like everybody that, that has a job, we all have to make a certain sacrifice 
so that we can provide for our families. That being said, if Jorge Alfaro continues to be nonchalant on his approach about not focusing on his craft, getting on base, getting base hits, you know what I'm saying? Being that player, evolving into that player that the Marlins traded for, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we got six, though. Uh, we got Alfaro in that trade, but he hasn't lived up to the par. And I'm not one of those guys that say, yay, it's time to throw the towel on him. This is a big, big year coming in for Jorge Alfaro. And I believe this is a big, big year that he finally figures it out, puts it together, and the Marlins can freely move forward. Right. My issue with it is that, you know, the big, the reason, you know, the big press conference that Jeter had in the offseason, he was like, oh, every, you know, every position is going to have competition. We don't believe in, no, no jobs are won in March or February, I think he said, that everything's earned, which, okay, cool, that sounds great, but then how do you not bring in any competition for Ofaro? I know Chad Wallach had a good postseason, a decent season last year, but come on, man. There, there's a reason that, you know, Chad Wallach has never been the starter. Um, I know he handles the, the pitchers well. That's great, but, I mean, Ofaro's a guy, and he's going to have that job. You know, he, he could have gone out to spring training and hit 220, and he – he'd still have that job for this season, which is what I have an issue with. There was nothing brought in. And then on top of that, the organizational depth at catcher is not good. Um, we're already getting linked to catchers in this next upcoming draft. So, but that's already what, three, four years away, even if you draft a top end guy. So it's, it's like, Alfaro is the plan. There is no plan B from what I could see. I don't know if you see different. Um, and then another issue is, like, if Madden didn't trust him in the playoffs, why would I trust him opening day? You get me? Like, I know he had the COVID. He had COVID. He was out. You know, he got uh, banged up a little bit. He, had, he was in and out of the, the season. But come on, man. It's, he's not a rookie. It's not his second year. I, I'm, I'm not thrilled with going into this season with him as the only option. And don't tell me Sandy Leon is an, an option. Hey, hey, come on, man. Give Sandy some credit. He does a good job framing behind the plate, right? I mean, we're not expecting Sandy to come in here and take the backup job for any – like, he's, he's coming in here as deaf. He's really coming in here to, like, give that knowledge to the younger guys to tell Alfaro, hey, this is what you should do in this framing, or this is what you should do, call it for this pitch, or use the pitcher's advantage if, he, if he's really good with the curveball. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he's got to be that, that leader, that anchor for the bullpen. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, we, uh, the fan base would have liked to see uh, Wilson Contreras. You know, Marlins were in, in discussion and possibly bring him to South Florida, you know. But at the end of the day, like, keep it a thousand with me. When we saw the, the Cubs play the Marlins in the playoffs, then uh, Wilson do something like childish that they, we didn't really like. And all of a sudden, oh, he's available. And now everybody wants him to be a Marlin. Like, get out of town. Dog. No, he's just an obvious <laughs> upgrade at this point over Alfaro. And I'm not even saying Wilson, because I know the Cubs were asking for, I think, Meisner and Burdick, and they could go fly a kite with that. But um, I'm not even asking for that. I'm just saying something should have been addressed in the offseason to bring in a young catcher. Um, I know the Dodgers have, like, five top end of prospects, a catcher. Um, so I – I don't know. I just wish there was some type of competition. But besides that, I mean, the bullpen moves, those are good. Um, I'm a lot, I'm happy with the Simber uh, uh, trade, I believe it was, or did we sign? I'm not sure. Um, Bender looks awesome. You know, Bass, he's going to be the closer, but I'm not thrilled about that. I really would have liked him in the eighth inning. You throw him on top of uh, Hoy, you still have guys like that. So uh, Yimmy, of course. The bullpen looks a lot better than it did a month and a half ago. But we still don't have that lockdown close with experience. 
and these, you know, the fifth through sixth, seventh inning guys, yeah, they're great, but or good. I'm not gonna say great, but there's a reason the Dodgers let them go. There's a reason the Rays let them go. Both those teams were in the World Series. It doesn't matter that the two teams that were in the World Series let go of these guys, like for basically, I mean, nothing. You know, prospects. Alex Garcia, yeah, great, we loved him, but I mean, has he proven anything? No. So I don't know, man. I, you're right. You know, I, I see what you're saying on what's going to happen with the closer right now. You know, you and I or any typical fan would probably go and out their way and get like a superstar closer or go by a, a, a closer by committee right now. Right. But the type of manager that we have, which is the current reigning manager of the year, Don Manley, Don Manley's more of a guy. He's going to stick to a guy. You know what I'm saying he didn't say it last year that Kinsler was going to be the guy, but he ended up being the guy. So um, a lot like just favorism. I feel like Mattingly feels a little bit more favoritism towards Jimmy Garcia, right? But then you have Anthony Bass, and I mean you, you got a bunch of options. Like you said it yourself, ben, Bender was Anthony Bender was throwing gas. Um, MLB Marlins beat reporter uh, Christina. Nicola wrote an article on the left-handed pitcher we got right now, uh, Sean Morimondo, right? This guy was headed to Australia because, like, he, he had so many opportunities in the big leagues. Like, he, he was in Cleveland, then he got traded to Toronto. Long story short, he got the short end of the stick. And this guy was just trying to chase his dream, trying to make it back to the big leagues. And look at him. He's here, non-roster non invitee, but he's fighting for a spot. And this is what you got to love about baseball. This is what you got to love about the Marlins, that they're going to, like – different depths they're going internationally to find talent too and and like sometimes we get a lot of good shit but a lot of times we feel shorted and too like like what we're talking about right now with the closer or the catching situation talk right, to me then, about talk to me about the whole dh situation it's right. some bogus well we're not gonna have it i think they already closed the book on it and the expanded playoffs so baseball as usual was doing everything possible to get the fans upset um I mean, sidebar, this whole that we can't even watch spring training games, and when we can, it's from, like, a GoPro, is insane to me, Alex. Like, how how are we in the year 2021? I think we both tweeted about this, and we can't watch a goddamn baseball game. It's like, ridiculous. It's so bizarre. It's, it's how do you expect to expand the game when, you know, like, I was with my nephews the other day. I wanted to watch a game, and they had a, a GoPro angle. Yeah, like, I... I'll watch it, but they won't, you know? Um, you got to zoom in. You got to zoom in into the infield and stuff because now, you know what I'm saying, you got all the fan base. You got the guy. It's so yeah. bad. It's so bad. For that, don't do anything, honestly. Don't. I, but what's, what's up with that, though? How is it possible that, that this is going on right now? Like MLB.com is offering MLB.tv sign up, uh, seven-day seven free trial to watch a spring training games. But what if I'm a Marlins fan, right? And for the first five, six games – Dude, we haven't been televised. The only the only game that's been televised was a rival team. It was the Mets. They were immediately just like it's bashing on the Marlins because they love the Mets. Obviously, they're, they're big homers over there. But I don't even watch it. I, I can't <laughs> even watch. I'll mute it and I'll, or I'll leave it on open on my and then, phone. And then, and then here be out here. Here's where it gets really crazy for me. Where it's like, all right, I can't hear it on. I can't. I can't see it on TV. Whatever. Let me go pull it up on the radio. Dude, it wasn't on Spanish. It wasn't like like you couldn't pull it up on your on your car in the frequency. You had to go 
like to MLB.com and to like do that whole process. You had to click on the live link from the GoPro angle to watch the game, which I'm thankful that the Marlins did that. But it was like a whole mission, dude, to like really just watch my team from like the from from behind home plate. Like like I went to Roger Dean. Yeah, here's the problem. Here's the problem. And, and anybody like you go on. I don't know how the other sports because I don't I don't even know if the NFL has an app that does that or NBA. But my problem is I can watch any team almost any time through my TV for the NBA, any game, any primetime game, all that good stuff. Same thing for the NFL. NFL, there's so many streams where I could watch Red Zone on Sunday and I'll watch every game in market, um, out of market. It doesn't even matter. You know, baseball, I could get the MLB app. I could pay for it monthly and I can't watch the Marlins on my phone if I'm in Miami or Florida. It's ridiculous. It, it makes zero sense. And that's not how they're going to – the game, they're, they're eliminating fans from watching the game, which is bizarre. And then on top of that, I was listening to the radio the other day, but the radio and the MLB at bat app weren't synced. So the app was saying something completely different happened than what the radio was saying is going on in the game. So I just turned it off because I had no idea what was happening. So it's isolating the game. You know, now back to the DH, what we were saying. We're not going to have that. We're not going to have the expanded playoffs because why would you want more teams in the playoffs and more uh, fan bases to be watching? So we're not having that. We're not having DH because why would you want more runs? That doesn't make sense. I'd rather, you know, why not have a pitcher go out there, go 0 for 3 with the occasional hit once a week, you know? So um, MLB's just doing everything in Kansas sabotage baseball. Whatever. Moving on to the Marlins and how that affects the Marlins. I don't know what they're going to do with the whole. Luan Diaz, Aguiar, Garrett Cooper situation at first. I'm assuming Coop is going to play first and Luan is going to start in double or triple A. So I, you're, now you're limiting your outfield. So I, I don't know how that's going to work. I, to me, they should have tried to trade or release Dickerson. I'm, I'm good with him being off the team. Yeah, Corey, I think this is a big year for Corey. You know what I'm saying? This is last year going into free agency, and I think he – He's going to have like that protection. Like he was trying to do it with guys behind him, like Lewis Brinson, with all due respect. Like he, he just, he, Lewis Brinson said it himself, he had too much pressure. And now he has like the, the younger guys feel like they got less pressure off of them because they got vets like Marte, you know what I'm saying, or Cooper or whoever they're going to put out in right field. Like, uh, Adam Duvall, you know what I'm saying? So this team has more protection than it did last year, to be honest with you. Um, is it at where we ideally want it to be? No, but who knows if we strike lightning in a bottle with Adam Duvall and the guy hits over 30 home runs for us. You know what I'm saying? That'll be right. us. I like the Duvall signing, but the Dickerson situation, the Brinson situation, I'm so over Brinson. You know he's going to light it up in spring. You know he's going to hit like 600 in spring. And then once the calendar turns, the guy hits a buck 80. So I'm over him too. I hope he develops i hope he becomes at least you know fourth outfielder everyday player but i just don't see that working out in miami i would have loved to see him traded for like a change of scenery type of situation but i doubt anybody called you know trying to get brinson he has the tools but like same thing with monte you know it's this guy he's swinging through a 94 miles per hour fastball right down the middle of the plate you know what i'm saying so I think the younger guys are going to push these guys out, to be honest. I think the, the Bladets of the world, you know, Meissner's coming, guys like that, um, they're going to push them out. And 
I think we're this might be the end of that whole Brinson Monte situation. Well, going back real quick, uh, there is a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel when we were talking about uh, watching the team. Uh, Joe Fizarro, where you could follow that man on second, man on second baseball, uh, replied to, to one of my tweets when I was ranting about us needing a TV deal and getting some naming rights for Marlins Park. Uh, that on top of many other priorities I would like as a fan, you know, obviously the extend BA, um, but don't get me started. I was just going to say that, yeah, uh, there's light at the end of the tunnel and Fizarro's telling us that, yeah, we're going to have a deal pretty soon. It's in the final stages. So that is good news for all Marlins fans out there. Hurry up and get it done, Mr. Sherman. Please, Fox Sports Florida, Bailey, or whatever, Bally Sports, whatever you guys are going to be called now, just hurry up, man. There's, so, there's, there's a, such a big room, dude, to like for the naming rights of Marlins Park. Like, I don't understand how it's going to be almost 10 years, dude, and we haven't been able to land a single partner. Yeah, people want to see more winning, more everything, but come on, dude. Look at the venues. You're telling me that the Seattle Mariners have a better track record than the Miami Marlins? Get out of town, bro. How are they able to land the T-Mobile Park? You know what I'm saying? Like, how are all these teams able to land, like, big, big, big names? Like, we got to be able to do it. And if we can't do something so national, let's stay local. What's wrong with Pollo Tropical Field or Publix Park? Everybody talks about Publix Park. Bro, we can take so many lanes with this, La Carreta. If you want to talk about, like, uh, thinking outside the box, you want to go into, like, a live streamer, why don't you call up Amazon? Yo, Amazon, you want to be Amazon Prime Park or Amazon Prime Field at Marlins Park and you guys can stream the games for the Marlins and it's over for Fox Sports? I don't know what the, you know what I'm saying? I'm just ventilating here. I'm just saying like, dude, there's so many options. Like, are we not knocking on the right doors? I don't know what it is. Like, dude, you we're in Miami, dude. Like all these Cuban, like all these Spanish people, like the, the, the car salesman mentality, they, they can sell you anything, dude. Like <laughs> we not been able to sell the naming rights to Marlins park. Right. It's, it's frustrating. And I think the naming rights are coming eventually, but like, how do we not have a TV deal? When, I mean, when does this, when do we start April 1st? Is that the first year? Or was that moved from last time I checked? That is like, how, how do we not have <laughs> a TV deal, guys? Like, this is part, and this is this is what's frustrating me with the offseason. Like, the TV deal, the naming rights to the park, all that helps your payroll because you have more money because you get paid yearly or whatever it is to put back into the team, to put back into the park, to put back into everything. And we just haven't gotten it done. And it's so frustrating. And I understand, you know, Kim is a new GM. I'm not saying the naming rights are on her. I'm just saying in general. Cam's a new GM. This is the first time Jeter's owned a team. Uh, but come on, guys. Like, they, they, I'm sure they're frustrated too. But I just wish we did more. I'm a big component on if you didn't win at all, don't run it back the same way. And you can see what's going on with the Heat, even though now they're playing better. But if you didn't win at all, don't run it back. It's, it doesn't work like that. I'm glad that the Vols signed the bullpen trade, sure. But I wish we had more of a splash acquisition. I wish we would have had the TV deal to be able to pay for those those acquisitions. I wish we'd have the, the naming rights to the park to, again to be able to pay for those acquisitions. I'm excited. The, the biggest thing I'm just excited that we're going to be back in the park. I think you're totally right. I mean, the the Marlins thinking about it now, like they are pretty like you know what I'm saying they got their hands tied up. They can't really do much without these these deals. Like they need these park ballpark deals and the tv deals if not they, they need additional income obviously we're, we're coming on coming well we're still in a pandemic you know and obviously it hurt, it hurt everybody's pockets but damn dude like i feel you like 
this free agent coming up, uh, 2021, 2022 season is going to be great because there's going to be mad free agents coming in like shortstops. There are going to be some guys that we can look at. You already know that whole conversation. Um, so anybody in particular that you would like for the Marlins to like target? Man, I saw on Twitter, I think somebody from MLB because the Marlins are finally getting some respect out here. Um, I think they said that, like Anthony Rizzo coming back. I mean, coming back home to my uh, South Florida. And who is the shortstop? I think they said Carlos Correa. Yeah. It's one of, that's one of those things. It's a dream. Like, if you could add Rizzo and Correa to this lineup uh, with B.A. at third, you know, Jazz or Isan at short. My thing about my thing about Rizzo, and hear me out, everybody, everybody, yeah, he's a local guy, everything, cool. But why the hell do we want him? We're stacked up at first base. You're talking about we got Luan Diaz, we got Aggie, we got Cooper, we got a Gerard Encarnacion because it's so loaded out in the outfield. Like, why would we go for a Rizzo? Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like we would just throw him too much guap and it would be like like what you said about Gio Gonzalez might be like three, four years too late for the boy Rizzo. Right, and I learned something, though, that I think it applies to the situation. Don't – you don't pass on great talent for the possibility of great talent. So if Rizzo – like, yeah, Lewin could be great, but we really know what Rizzo is. You know, it's the type of – How old How old is uh, Anthony Rizzo? I have no idea. Yeah, uh, you got to compare this. Anthony Rizzo is – he was born in 89. So he's, what, 32, 31, 32. He's 31 years right. old. Right? So, all right, so you're going to want – what? He's going to give you two, maybe two, three more good years left. What is a good year considered for you? Right, but here's my counter to that. What if they bring back DH to the National League? I mean, they, they are going to bring it back, but I don't know if I would throw it's so a, much It's money. an interesting conversation, and it's one that we'll probably have next summer. Um, it's one of those things that I could see the Martins doing it, you know, the local kid, all that great stuff. And, I mean, 31, that's not that crazy. I'm not saying give him a seven-year contract, but – it's one of those things that we do have talent there. Aguiar probably won't be on the team by next year, but I said that last year. So um, Aguiar probably won't be on the team next year. Who knows what's going to happen with Cooper. The Martins have been very adamant that they don't see him as an everyday player for whatever reason. Um, so I don't, I don't know what's going to happen there. Luan Diaz looks good. He's play, he looks the part. He has the glove. And, you know, for all accounts, he could hit a little bit. I like so, him a lot. I like him a lot more. I like him too. Than, I like him too. Than uh, Jesus Sanchez. I feel like Jesus needs to keep working on his craft at the plate. I feel like yeah, I think he's pressing too much. That guy can't hit water if he fell off a boat. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is that if it's to me, if you got you to gotta think. I think this season's going to be very interesting because I think come July, we're going to see a lot of those quote-unquote fan favorite guys be moved in the way the Marlins have been trading lately where they're adding, but they're also subtracting. You know, I could see us, let's say we're in it in July still. It's, you know, we're three games behind the bridge, whatever. Um, and we go get another bat, we go get a shortstop or whatever. And, or we go get a catcher, let's say. Let's say everybody's killing it except the far, you know? So, or we go get that closer. I could see us including a Coop, you know, an Aguiar, a Dickerson if he's playing enough in order to go get these guys, while at the same time, we'd give up some of our prospects, we'd also be acquiring prospects, because that's what the Marlins have been doing lately. It's acquiring and trading, acquiring and trading. You know, we got uh, Jesus last year, or Lewin last year, 
And then now we traded a few of our younger guys, Alex Vesia, that minor league first baseman, I always forget his name, in order to get bullpen pieces. So I think that's what our, our summer is going to look like. And if you look at our first 13 games, which I'm looking at now, it's a gauntlet. You know, we could <laughs> – this season could go very negative, very quick. You know, three against Tampa, three against St. Louis, three against the Mets, four against the Braves. And that's the first 15 days of April. Hmm. <laughs> Welcome to the 2021 20, season, Marlins. <laughs> right. We don't get a break until April 16th, which we play the Giants for three, Baltimore for two, and then we go back to San Francisco for four. That's our first – I mean, that's a nice – that's a, a road – uh, we're home for half of that, but that's a that's a split of games where you should expect a team to win seven, eight of those. But those first 13, 15 days of Marlins baseball could be very rough. And if you start, oh, or not, oh, but if you start, you know, three and 11, three and 12, that's a huge gap out of the hole. So in this, in the NL East, you're not bouncing back from that, I promise. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Man, I'm I'm trying to stay a little bit more positive. If they could keep 500 ball going, I believe in the pitching in this team. Right. Uh, I know, I know, I know. But listen to what just happened right now. It was just announced today that now we might not have six though for the first series against the Rays because he had a false positive. Like fucking Christ, sorry to curse. I don't know if you curse on a podcast, but whatever. He had a false positive. The Marlins can't catch a break, and then he reported late to begin with. So now he's going to have a bullpen day. Then he's going to pitch one or two uh, simulated games and one or two spring training games. He's probably going to have to go to the extended spring training once the season starts because he won't have his pitch count up. So we won't have him for the first series. So now he's most likely starting that first game against St. Louis at Marlins Park. But now that's already three games later. So we're looking at Sandy, Pablo, and I guess Hernandez, which is still good. But you forget, you're forgetting about uh... – Rogers, man, he's doing pretty good. Right, but Rogers wouldn't start that first series. I mean, in yeah. theoretically, I don't know. You, who knows? I think I'm not. I'm not really worried about uh, Sixto. You know, not being ready for the first series. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, it's 162 game season. Thank God, you're know, going back to normality on that sense. And like, we slowly but surely got to stretch these guys out. Like, you don't want Sixto to come out and throw like a complete game on his first one. No, yeah, it would be course. great. Right, right, right. <laughs> it would be great, but that's not but the. What I'm, saying is, what I'm saying is back to those first 15 games. Now, when you do that, when Sixel gets pushed to that second series, instead of him having, you know, our strength being our rotation, instead of him having three starts in those 15 games, now he's only going to have two. So it does affect the team. You know, now Gio's probably going to have to throw one of those games if he comes out and does good in the spring. And I know it's early to even be talking about this, but those first 15 games, you can't start three and, you know, 12, whatever. And those look at that schedule, man. That's ridiculous. I know the Rays are always going to be competitive. St. Louis got better. New York got better. And Atlanta, we have four games against Atlanta to end those first 15 days. And Atlanta's better. You know, are the Giants better? I don't know. I don't know what the Giants have done. But point is, it's it's a gauntlet. This season's going to be a gauntlet. And the NL East is going to be a gauntlet. I think, I think, I think our pitching is going to be our strength. And it's going to keep us in the fight the whole season, right? I, I think my prediction, my way too early predictions for the rotation, 
just based off all of the information we got and everything, Sixto being a little behind and all that, Gio too. So I'm thinking Sandy, Pablo, Lilo, Sixto, Rogers, right? And then if some for some reason Sixto's not ready, you give the ball to Gio. Yeah, I'm good with that. I see that. I, I don't. I don't disagree with any of your points there. Uh, but again, back to uh, Eliza Hernandez. He's a two pitch guy. He's working on the third pitch. It hasn't really worked for him. He's struggled through the first, the third time through the lineup. Usually in his starts, he's like a. He'll get you to the fifth inning more or less if he's on. And he was. There was times last year that he was dominant. You know, can you count on that again? I don't know. I think he'll come back to earth a little bit, but. At the end of the day, count, counting on him to do that is just – I think it's a disservice to him. I see him as like a fourth or fifth starter or maybe even a swingman in the bullpen, you know, give you those innings when you need them. But he could honestly – I do see him eventually going to the bullpen full-time, being a seventh or eighth inning guy, you know, those get those outs. Uh, he, his two pitches are above average, and – I see that move for him eventually. I don't know who would replace him in the rotation. Maybe Niter, but it's going to be interesting. I'll tell you what, man. I really like Lilo. Last season we I had a little he's competitive. Boy. He's, he's my boy. We had the competitive little bet going on, you and I. And you're lucky that he went down because I think he would have. He would have really been up there with Pablo. Who knows, man? Maybe he takes this this challenge. You know what I'm saying? I, I agree with you. Projections for me was always like maybe he's a four or five starter for for the for the Marlins or any MLB team. But that being said, man, maybe he takes, you know what I'm saying? He takes up the challenge and they put him tomorrow and say, hey, you got to be the number three guy. And maybe he has some luck. Maybe the number three guys on the other team don't have their best stuff those days. And he has the the, the luck and he, and he starts like believing in himself more and more and more. I mean, like, you know who it kind of, they're not the same pitcher, but I just like, I feel like he got the opportunity to start pitching and he blossomed. And then like, he, he really took off the charts. It was Carl Pavano. Right. Everybody thought Carl Pavon when he got here was like a number four or five guy because we got him from the Expos. And then, boom, we're in the middle of the, the playoff run. And yeah, his record, I think, was like nine and 10 or 11 and 10, some, something like that. Right. Um, dude, he was arguably like the second best pitcher, third best pitcher on that rotation when the Marlins were in the playoffs. Like, obviously, Beckett was number one, hands down. Right. Then you had Willis, you had Pavano, Brad Penny. So, Dude, and then Mark Redman. So, so you know, like Pavano to really turn it up, it was like, all right, boom, he turned it up. Then he got the contract. Everybody knows the whole history. But what I'm the moral of the story is, man, Lilo, this is the opportunity, baby. Opportunity's knocking on the door. You gotta open it and you gotta kick ass. All right, and hopefully he does, man. I just I honestly don't see him as a starter. I see him eventually falling back to the bullpen. And I think he could be really good in the bullpen. I'm not saying he's not a good pitcher by any means. I'm saying his stuff translates to seventh or eighth inning guys. And there's people out there that disagree with me. And there's people out there that agree with me. And it's all good. But talk to me about Don Mattingly. All right. Donnie Baseball. He's, he's the, what, the longest tenured manager we've had, the most winning manager we've had in, in Moreland's history now. Is this the right guy moving forward? I know he was manager of the year last year, but is this the right guy moving forward? I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine and he was like, dude, I don't know. Like, He's a he's a diehard Dolphin fan, he a Heat fan, but he's like in denial about coming back to the Marlins. I said, dude, you gotta come back to the Marlins. We got we got Don Manley, we're good. But he says, I'm not sold, bro. Donnie baseball, he's only had one winning season since he's been here. Yeah, Manley to me and anybody who's been with us on this show um, through the ride last year, they know how I feel about him. 
to me, I think we're going to move on. To me, I see him as he's a great personality, great guy, you know, great with the fans, great with the media, whatever. But there's some decisions he makes. And when you really look into it, they may not all be his decision. He had, like, last year, he really had no choice but to throw some of those guys that he was throwing, like Josh D. Smith, Josh this Smith, whatever Smith, you know, throwing guys from leagues that we've never even heard of. So I understand. Last year, he did, he, he earned his check. He earned the, the award. I'm all for that. But historically, when it comes to playoffs and stuff like that, he does boneheaded moves. I don't know if he overthinks it. I don't know who he's listening to. But I have family that are diehard Dodger fans, and they say the same thing. Wait until playoffs, wait until big games, and he does weird shit. You know, there's no reason last year, I think we talked about this already, but there was a stat that came out that I think in the 28 times that Boxberger, Yimmy, and Kinsler came out of the bullpen in that order, out of the 28 times or something like that, or 27 times, 26 of those, and they had the lead. I think it was 26 of those times we won the game. It was like 26 for 27, or maybe even 27 for 27. And then in the playoffs against the Braves, I know we were outgunned completely. Then we he didn't do that in the game that we had the lead. I don't know who we gave the ball to. I think he brought Yimmy out first in the seventh, and he gave up a three-run home run to somebody, probably Okuna, because that's just the way it is. But it, it like that frustrated me, man. Like how how can you just not go to your go-to guys that have done it and in the order you've done it and it's worked? And it's stuff like that that bothers me. Um, the whole giving Logan foresight starts last year bothered me. Uh, obviously, starting second base, not starting pitching. Um, that stuff bothered me. Like, there was nobody better than a guy that, that he you could literally tell was outmatched every time he stepped in the box. So, I, I don't know if he's the guy, man, to answer your question. I don't know who's out there, though. Like, I don't know who would be a better option. I'm not trying to say there is a better option. But I'm just saying, I don't know if he's the guy that's going to take us to that next level. I know the hitting coach now. What's his name? James Rawson. Rawson is – that guy's not going to be a hitting coach for much longer. He's going to get a head coaching job. Is it in Miami? I, I don't know. But he's he's going to get offered a job. I thought he was going to get offered a job this year. I thought we were going to lose him. He did, yeah. I believe the Boston Red Sox offered him a job. He was one of the finalists to land that gig before they eventually brought back Alex Cora. But, uh, yeah, uh, Craig Mish and uh, – uh, Jordan, Jordan McPherson wrote an article on uh, the Marlins have a superstar of a MLB manager coming up. And that that's the guy right there, James Rawson. And you can obviously tell he's already made an impact because the Marlins have gotten better. You know what I'm saying? Batting as a team. Uh, they're a little bit more clutch. They're not where we want them to be, but they're on their way, dude. So that's what you want. Right. And let me see here. It looks like Mattingly's contract. It looks like in 2019, he signed a two-year extension in September. So we have him through this season. And then I believe he's available maybe through next season. But, oh, look, and the mutual option for 2022. So we have him to this year for sure. And then going into next season, we have a mutual option, which means both sides have to choose. I mean, both both sides have to agree to come back. I don't think that happens. That's my prediction. I don't think he comes back. Um, I think they give the ball to uh, – what's his name? I'm sorry, Rosen, Rosen? James Rosen. Rosen. I think they give him the you know, the lineup card and he takes us to the next level. I agree. I can't, I can't argue with that. It sounds like a 
like a pretty logistical plan. You know, uh, this would be a very observant year for Kim Ang and the Miami front office. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, they, they're, they're in a good spot, man, because they're really the ones to make the moves. They're deciding where they're going to go with this franchise and what's best for them. And you know what? I was reading an article about Don Mattingly, and he was saying that he knows that eventually uh, every manager's time comes to an end, their term comes to an end with a team, and that he's seen it happen with Joe Torre. He's seen it happen, you know, uh, with Joe Girardi. He's seen it happen with Aaron Boone out in the Yankees. And he says it's only a matter of time till it eventually happens to him. And that regardless of whatever happens, that he'll be okay leaving the, the organization because he knows it's headed the right way. Uh, regardless what that means, I don't know if that was like an inside scoop or what. That was a, a Barry Bloom article that I was catching up on. I was like, this, is, this guy has a mentality that he knows that it, this could be his last year but he's not worried about it. He's just doing his job. Like at the end of the day, Don Manley, like if it doesn't work out with the Marlins, he's guaranteed he's going to have another job again in major league baseball. That comes without saying. Right. He'll probably get offered something at MLB, you know, like a more executive role. Yeah. But whatever, man. Hey, we're not coming at Donnie baseball. Donnie, we love you, man. Thank you for, you know what I'm saying? What you're doing guy. And let's go fish, man. Let's turn it up this season. And why not us, man? The, we love being the underdogs. That's that's one of the main reasons I always became a Marlins fan. You know what I'm saying? It was always a good, us against the world. And damn, by golly, it was beautiful when we won it in 97. That's when I fell in love with the whole organization. And and then in 03, like, we did it again. The under, under the gods. Like, we beat, we beat the Yankees, you know what I'm saying, at, at Yankee Stadium. So pretty cool. Yeah, after 17 years, we finally got into a playoff. It was a short little season. But it was fun because uh, we got past all the adversity and all the obstacles and all, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the pandemic. And damn, dude, the, it was exciting to see so much joy brought back to that South Florida fan base, those Florida Marlin fans, even outside of South Florida, dude. Like, you know what I mean? It, it felt good to have yeah. that pride out again. Yeah, man. And to wrap things up around here, um, I'm going to be I'm going to try to get back on the show as much as I can, guys. My work schedule has been a disaster. But Alex, what's your prediction for this season, man? I'm going to keep it a thousand as I always like to keep it a thousand with you guys, man. I know that I said that I want us to go for playoffs and everything, but I'm, I'm thinking if we land somewhere between 77 games in that ballpark, you know what I'm saying? Give or take five, five or more. I'm saying 77 is my ideal prediction. If they get 800, if they get 500, they get 81, 81. It's a winning season for us because you know what? These guys were able to keep it together with what they have, the resources, the young guys, they're showing signs that continue to blossom. But I just feel like like what we, we started the whole podcast. I feel like, yeah, we needed to add a, a, another few arms to help out this rotation. Yeah, we got vets now and Sandy and Pablo. But to a certain extent, I don't want to push them so much. Like if they both give us 200 innings, by golly, amazing. But I don't want it to be like we're trying to push these guys to 200 and then they get hurt because who's there to back them up? It's just nothing but rookies. And right. really, it's crazy that Gio Gonzalez's all career, like innings pitch is more than all the Marlins combined. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. So we'll see. Um, I'm going to say 78 wins for me. Um so that's a good guess. I mean, last year, damn, we were pretty spot on. What do we say? We needed 30, 32 wins, 33 wins to get into yeah. the playoffs, and boom, we hit it. So I just think the NL East, the problem is, and I've seen like all the, the tweets and shit about the Mets. 
I said this last year, guys. The the Mets are gonna met, you know. And so I see otherwise. Stop stop with the crap predictions. I had some. I saw someone. I think MLB.com was saying that the Braves are gonna come in fourth. And I tweeted. I was like, what happened to the Braves that everyone's so down on them? You know, like where do they not have one of the best lineups in baseball? Like what what happened to that? Why is everyone down on them? Because the Mets added a few guys. Come on, man. Yeah, the Phillies are trash. The the Nationals are going to be trash. Uh, I, I don't see it. I don't understand why people were so low on the Braves. Yeah, I don't understand that either. I actually got them. I got the Braves winning it. I got the Braves winning it. I hate to say it, but I got the Braves winning the NL East. Um, then I got second place. Uh, who do I got in second place? Oh, the Mets. And then I got somewhere. Uh, I got should be Philadelphia ahead of us then us and then to round it off you know obviously uh who am i who am i missing the nationals, the nationals yes i'm similar i have braves one phillies two marlins and mets three four and the nationals five and i think the marlins are actually going to finish better than the mets i think the mets are going to finish fourth they're gonna have a bad year i don't care don't tell me about their starting rotation anymore because that starting rotation has never existed it's just on paper you know so um, I'm good. Hey, I'm good. I think we got a shot against them, dude. They're not always they're not always gonna throw the ground at us, and and I think we got the grounds number to a certain extent, man. I think we can get the best out of them. And, and, no, and, the and you know what? We got to get over the Braves. That's it. Don't, don't let them throw Yamamoto at us. Because <laughs> you know he's gonna throw a seven inning gem. Yeah, yeah, right. You might, you know, what I'm saying, give up 29 runs or whatever he gave up. All right, Alex, tell the beautiful people of uh, Fish Stripes where they could find you on Twitter. All right, guys, you guys can find me on The Real Acon. And for more exciting content, go visit fishstripes.com. Red, what's your handle? That's a good question. I haven't had to say it in a while. It's redgarcia underscore underscore on Twitter. Same for IG, same for I don't have a TikTok. Um, the Marlins play in a few hours, guys. I'm sure we're not going to have that on TV. So enjoy the radio broadcast. Enjoy the at-bat and uh, go fish. Eli, cue the music.